Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Driven Chat podcast. My name is John Marker and sat beside me, <laughs> Rachel Downey. I think you just tell by my cackle. The, the cackle, that's the cackle <laughs> of Rachel Downey. Yes, yeah. one beauty of a cackle. But yeah, do you know what, I feel like oh. you've got me out of the, uh, the, the smoke, the big smoke, um... To to the countryside, it's beautiful here. John. Look at us here. So yeah, let's Lady let's the set the scene. <laughs> you might have seen from the title of this episode already mm. that we are at Sleeping with Art. It's the second time that we Driven Chat have been at a Sleeping with Art event, and uh, the first time was last year. That was on the Welsh border, effectively. It was over in Hereford, and uh, this year we are, as you quite rightly say, we are in the countryside, but a little closer to London. Yes. We're in Buckinghamshire. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we are tucked away in a small corner of a beautiful stately home called Hedza House. Mm-hmm. And it is it's stunning. Jolly lovely, isn't it? Yeah, the views I have right now. The I mean, I, I I'm a lover of the seasons changing uh-huh. anyway. Yeah. Absolutely love this. The 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 colours of the leaves on the trees are beautiful. Um and this it just feels like a lovely home for uh, an event like this. An event? Yeah. Like this. It's all, that was just very, possibly the most kind of um, descriptive I've ever seen you in a, in a, in a surroundings, Rach. It's, Honestly, it's just, I'm... You feel inspired by the... I'm a lover these of... These autumnal October yeah. trees. Uh-huh. Yeah, just, yeah. honestly, just wait till we do anything nearer Christmas. You're going to hate me. Oh, like, to, to, through to your core, <laughs> you're going to hate me. And I can't wait. We shall see. We shall see. <laughs> well, yes, we are here. What on yes. earth are you, we doing at this uh, stately home mm-hmm. in the English countryside surrounded by autumnal trees? You may be <laughs> uh, asking, dear listener. Well, yes, it is. It's Sleeping With Art. It's this beautiful, wonderful, very difficult to describe event mm-hmm. where we are effectively in a stately home surrounded by automotive artwork. Everything from beautiful paintings mm-hmm. to photographs to sculptures to actual physical cars we have cars here that are painted art cars we've got a BAC mono that's here that's covered in art we've got Porsches parked outside covered in art we've got the Frank Stephenson we've got the Frank Stephenson Praga car which is celebrated as an art car we are surrounded by some of the most beautiful machines and works of art and a building full of the artists that created them which is quite a unique thing isn't it Rach? Yeah it really is and I didn't know what to expect and I think I was asking you guys for a while like but what is it I don't (laughs) understand what are we going to and it is that intimate fusion of cars this you know cars and art and 
the harshness of a car, the hardness of a car, and the softness of art is beautiful. It is indeed. I'm very descriptive here. I've you never leaving this room. It's the most inspired I've ever seen you. You've just, you've seen a bit of artwork, and it's brought out this. I like it. I'm this not new leaving. personality. Yeah. Now this is a two-day event. We're recording this little intro hello at the end of day one. But the reason mm-hmm. we're doing that is because we're going to talk about some of the people that we've already interviewed that you are now about to hear. Um, you're only here for the one day, Rach, I aren't you? And then exactly. I'm going to be here for the two days. So there'll be more content to come. I haven't yet worked out if we're going to do this as one long episode with everybody or if we're going to divide it up over two episodes. Uh, may well do that because I know for a fact that we've got about an hour and 45 worth of conversations already. Yeah. So it may be a two-parter. <laughs> two-parter. Um, you will find out at the end of this episode whether or not it is. Um But yeah, just to run through a few people that we have spoken to that you can hear either in this episode or the next episode or both or all or who knows, Um, yet to figure that one out. Uh, We have the founder of this event, uh, the very brilliant and wonderful Renata Fernandez. She joins us. She is the curator of this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful event. If you listen to the last Sleeping With Art episode a whole year ago, it was September last year, we recorded that one, you will have heard from Renata there. Uh, we're also talking to the design director and co-founder of BAC, of course, make that wonderful BAC mono, uh, Ian Briggs. He joins us to talk about his work with BAC and that bonkers single-seater mm-hmm. supercar. Uh, Dave Moore joins us after that, and he is the classic and bespoke project manager at Caton. Now, you may have seen the Caton. It's uh, effectively, it's an Austin Healey that's been revived. It's it's come back. They've done a remake of the beautifully brilliant, stunning Austin Healey. Uh, they've got one here, and Dave joins us to talk about his history and how he's now involved in Caton and bringing these brilliant classic cars back to life. We're then talking to Del Gregory, who's the founder and editor-in-chief at B500 magazine. And he is the global communications manager for Arconic, who make the most incredible customised Land Rover Defenders. And he offers a bit of an exclusive insight into what we can see next beyond the Defenders. And lastly, the person we've recorded with today is a fantastic portrait photographer called Indra Flack, who shares some just brilliant stories about photographing mm. some absolute motorsport legends, oh, racing drivers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant, brilliant chats. But there will be more to come as well. So um, don't know how we're going to edit that all in together and kind of <laughs> which order we're going to put them in, but... Over the course of the next two episodes, I think I've now made that decision now that we've got this far through I into like our it. intro. I like made the decision. We've made the decision. <laughs> yeah, you're firm, you're standing strong. We, uh, yeah, we'll bring you uh, a collection of those names and, of course, more to come as well. But, yeah, what, uh, I mean, how are you going to describe this event as you're feeling all descriptive and oh, no, animated? I, I feel like I've already peaked with my descriptions. <laughs> I would describe this event as an event for anybody that loves the creative world that loves feeling inspired that loves cars and that loves meeting like-minded people yeah i don't know if that's a dating app i've just described could be yeah i mean could be that's a, there's, there's got to be room in the market for another one surely done yeah but yeah this is um heads a house for anyone that's not aware is this mm. beautiful stately home and the everything about the house is just completely taken over by artwork isn't yeah, it you've it is. got yes. every single room in this house this 
beautiful, beautiful house is filled with art and sculptures and cars in some in some instances. Outside in the grounds, we've got yeah. cars parked, art cars, we've got motorbikes, we've got all sorts. It's just incredible. And to help you visualise all of that, fortunately... Our in-house resident photographer expert, Richard, has gone around and taken loads of pictures, which you'll be able to see now on the website. So uh, head over to drivenchat.com if you are sat at home listening to this and you want to see some work and see some of the atmosphere that we've caught, um, you can of course see that there and look back on our Instagram feed as well, at Drivenchat. You'll be able to see some lovely pictures and videos from the event. It's a belter. Beautifully said. Thanks. And what I love about this is you do have free reign of the house. You can literally just, just yeah. go We've been anywhere, walking around. Mooch around on your own. I walked into a wardrobe early by accident. Yeah. I thought it was just another room. Yeah, Cush did. Bless you. But no, it's great. It's great just to be ha- able to wander around this house and to get that feel. And to be honest, if next time I stay over in the house. Yeah. Yeah, people are staying here tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah they've got yeah. a dinner here tonight. Absolutely, yeah. So this episode is going to be a celebration of this event, but it's also mm. a celebration of creativity. I think that's the best yeah, way to is. put it. Cars are obviously the focus. The fact that there's a bit of art and photography and sculpture mm. thrown in is great, but this is a celebration of creativity with creative, like-minded people all together under the same roof, yes. and we are capturing just a little snippet of those people uh, by bringing them to you here on this podcast. Wonderfully said. Thanks very much. Anytime. Should we dive in? Let's yes. dive in with our first guest, which is going to be Renata Fernandez. And then from there, we'll just go straight through into the next interview. So it's going to be Renata. Then it's going to be Ian Briggs, as I say, from BAC. Dave Moore from Caton. Del Gregory from B500 Magazine and Artronic. And then Indra Flack, who is the portrait photographer. Enjoy these chats and we'll be bringing you more of the same in the next episode. And we'll check in with you again at the very end of this one. Enjoy. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Now, it would only be fitting for the first guest that we speak to on our Sleeping With Art special episode of the Driven Chat Podcast. Uh, well, with the founder, the big boss, the big creative brain <laughs> that is the very lovely Renata Fernandez. Hi, Renata. Hello there. I'm just so happy that you guys came again Aww. for the second year. Just really, really pleased that you came and made time for us here because it's a... Uh, Huge celebration, mm-hmm. huge celebration of creativity, of uh, really amazing talent from different parts of the world. Yeah. And yeah, just fabulous. It thank is you fabulous. For coming. No, yeah, well, thank you for having us. I mean, um, this is, our, as you say, the second year, it's the second year that I've been here. Rach, you didn't experience last year's event, no. did you? But um, this is, it's such a, it's such a grander scale this year and heads a house. I mean, what a wonderful, yeah. wonderful location based just outside London in, in Buckinghamshire with its beautiful grounds, beautiful big rooms. And everywhere I look in this beautiful stately home is car art and it's just it, I'm in my absolute element um, why Hedza? Well Hedza was actually a really good finding for me because I needed to find a place that would be near London that mm. people would be able to come for the day mm. last year we were a bit far and mm. so a lot of people didn't go because they had to drive quite a few hours and the house here itself, actually, it, they provide a dry hire which means you come in and you take over the entire space empty Wow. So I can just bring 60 plus artists and all the brands at once and not have to move things around, really. Mm. So that's how it worked. The location is magic. Um, it has um, a background with uh, filming as well. There are, has been quite a few different uh, movies mm. that have been filmed yeah. here. 
So I felt, you know, it kind of ticks all boxes as well. And uh, the people behind the place as well, they are quite, they're petroheads. Mm. So it's perfect. Yeah. You know, it's just the perfect fit in a way. So what, when I heard about uh, this event, it was very hard to visualise. Before I looked at any social media things, it was really hard to visualise exactly what it was about. Um, and obviously the moment I started looking into it, it, from your side of things, what is Sleeping With Art? Oh my goodness, sleep, sleeping is it's actually, I imagine the event I would like to go that would be fun and crazy. And that's what it is, really. Mm. Which is um, an opportunity for people to come as they are, not with any expectations and not to you know, become someone else that they don't feel comfortable as. And to bring together talent from different mediums that mm. are working with the hospitality, sorry, the, the automotive sector. So, and bring hospitality into this, so uh, as a lifestyle experience. So what we do basically is um, finding the right talent for brands that are already actively involved in the sector and just create really amazing stuff together. I think it's, it's really boring for me to go to places where you just see a car or a stand and you move on to the next and you don't know the story behind or you don't get to know the people very like what's what's going on, you know, within uh, the creation of this car itself. So when you bring a next an external party, such as an artist or a, a different brand, mm. to celebrate uh, the creation of something, then it, uh, so much comes across, so much more. It, be, it becomes a lot more deep. There's a lot more depth yeah. to what you can what you can showcase as a product. So this is it. This is yeah. just bringing people together, bringing brands together, having no boundaries between um, car brands, luxury brands, and artists. Everyone is a creative. You know, the, the car world is, is uh, uh, exists because of creative people. Mm -hmm. They are the designers. They are the marketeers. They are the PR people. They are um, everyone behind it really inside and uh, third parties working with them as well such as production companies the videographers the photographers yeah. so it's it's a bunch of artists together that just uh, you know develop amazing cars they they yeah. are works of art mm. so it's so it's such a valid point you've just raised there I mean it can be so easy for us to if we all work in the automotive industry the automotive space and everyone or well, the vast majority I'm sure of people listening to this podcast love cars and perhaps work in the automotive space but it can be so easy to just think of cars as this object you know we we drive a car each day or a motorcycle or a speedboat let's say for example we we see these things that look pretty we like the way they look but it can be so easy to forget the crucial point of creativity and what made that car and sometimes it isn't until you come to an event like this where you get to talk to a designer of a car somebody that's come up with this that was originally a sketched item it was a pen on paper that's now through time and process turned into an actual thing that we can drive and that's it's such a it, it's such a huge part but often forgotten part about the automotive Absolutely. world and that is just how brilliant these things are as pieces of creativity that we just take for granted some days we just get in them drive to the shops do what we need to do drive to work drive home from work and that's that without really taking in that we are all driving around in somebody's artwork. Absolutely. And you must remember as well that uh, the process of creation of the car itself sometimes doesn't result on a car. Mm. It results on other ideas that lead to other things. Yeah. So 
we have as a headline sponsor this year, Polestar for a reason, because they are bringing mostly non-car work. It's all mm. architecture, design, um, which is absolutely fascinating, but it's mm. the source of all this that can become the future and new possibilities, but brought in by an automotive brand, you know? So yeah. um, behind the creation of uh, and development of any car, there is a huge amount of creativity going on, you yeah. know, and a lot of them don't appear in the car. They end up becoming different projects, parallel projects. And so many of these people behind uh, these projects are actually artists. You know, they, yeah. they have their own passion away from work, which is art. They develop art, you know, in their spare time. Mm. So, and, and they don't really know what to do with it. They don't really have a, an outlet for it. Like, where do I show? What do I do with this? They stay kind of stuck in, a, in the automotive sector. So in a way, an event like this brings, um, it, so it shines a light into the possibilities that there are beyond just the creation of car itself. All the people that are inside that can develop amazing stuff beyond that, but that represent their brands, you know? Yeah. So what, what's your background? Oh my goodness, my background <laughs> is, is a mess. I mean, it's a total mess. I hear you. Yeah, we're all mad, don't worry. <laughs> mad. I was born in Brazil, uh, raised in Brazil, and um, my mom was Italian, my dad Portuguese, and then I've been in the UK for 20 years. Okay. So um, during this time, uh, my pretty much most of my career, I've, I've spent in hospitality, developing, mm-hmm. like creating marketing campaigns and creating opportunities for uh, hotels to succeed in a creative way, creating events, developing experiences for people that are going to hotels, including car people. So throughout these years, I end up finding a lot of people that love cars and travel to venues, which is exactly what I'm doing. It's bringing people that love cars to a venue and offering high-end hospitality. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it, it kind of unites, it, it ticks all boxes of, of everything that I've always loved into one, one thing, uh, art and cars and hospitality, everything together, really. Yeah, and do you have like a vision of, because you do feel like people could, create and feel inspired in this environment and I love the fact that it's like there's the rooms have art in and you've used the entire house so it does make you feel comfortable and open and and creative is that your hope that in the future people do yeah all collaborate together and come up with different visions and ideas and I'm so glad to say that because that's exactly what I want I mean the reason why we are here talking and meeting these people is because um, I want to give people the possibility of express themselves, really. So the vibe is very relaxed, it's very happy. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not to be, again, a commercial enterprise. We avoid, for example, the banners and, and, and all these kind of things, of focusing on the commercial side of things. Yeah. Um, and the key element of this event is actually creating opportunity. So the brands that are here and the artists that are here are meeting. and next year we're going to find out that they have created something together which is something that happened last year already there has been you know um, a product of a meet or just a chat that took place during the event that became something else that is actually physical uh, an actual work of art or a collaboration or um, yeah something that they can they can see there was just an idea at first everything is idea everything starts from Mm -hmm. an idea and the best ways to to create ideas and to, to give space to ideas is to be relaxed, which a lot of events don't offer. You have to rush around and you, got, you go from brand, you know, from actual um, 
marquee to marquee. Mm -hmm. And you don't have the time to sit down and just absorb that kind of experience and get to know people better. So this is what I try to do. I try to give a space that people can relax. So much so that uh, it's called sleeping with us. We have we have, have we have bedrooms here with beds inside, <laughs> and we have we have two models wearing uh, uh, an evening gown uh, that are walking around uh, and just welcoming people to the bedroom, which is a funny <laughs> thing to kind of play as a as a playful way. Just just say you know just relax, relax. Yeah. You are here to relax. You're not you're not here to be anything else, just to enjoy all that you're seeing, all the beauty you're seeing around you. Um, yeah, just take it, all, take it all in, really. Yeah, no, I think it's wonderful. And uh, perhaps an impossible question to answer, but how do you go about choosing who exhibits their oh, art yeah, here? Because I guess after the first event, and I know that the, the project essentially started as a lockdown thing, didn't it? You yep. ran a, a brilliant uh, string of posts on Instagram, just kind of celebrating car art, which then built up to that first event. With the uh, with this year's event, and of course now thinking about events moving forward, what is that process? Are people now coming to you, to asking if they can exhibit, or are you still reaching out to people? Uh, it's it's actually both. Um, one of the key things for me is finding new talent, mm. finding the next people that will create things that people haven't thought about. So I spend a lot of time looking for talent, even like recent. Uh, graduation, you know, uh, any any person that I can find online that is creating something new. Mm. Um, and also, I try to bring together um, young talent to with a very well-experienced, well-developed and um, um, well-established artists, because in a way, it, they complement each other. Yeah. So I, I look for artists that are usually either very well-known but they have an edge. They have something innovative about their work. They're doing something that people are not really doing usually, mm. uh, or they're about to become quite famous, but they're not quite there yet. And if you just push it a little bit, they're going to explode yeah. because they are just at the right time with the right idea for that very right moment. So every year is different depending what's happening. It's not something that you can plan. I can't plan next year now. Mm. I have to wait to see what happens with politics then you know of course with, <laughs> with everything that's going on yeah. with uh, mm. the economy etc and, and then we we kind of see what's what's what what are people's needs and mm. then artists appear this way yeah and that's how it comes about a lot of artists reach us now they, they we just get contacted all the time by by different artists from all over the world as well but um without the element of innovation it's it's gonna be hard for us to um to work with them in the long run mm. we just want something different, something that we can create that brings new ideas, new new possibilities to what's out there. So we're here on the day one of this wonderful two-day event. What are you most looking forward to? What is this about? You know, all this, this is effectively mm. your creativity, isn't it, that you've made? And um, what are you most looking forward to? Well, I'm super, super proud of what's here. Mm. Uh, a lot of the artwork and the cars that are out there have been created for a long period of time. And there's been a lot of work put into what's what you see out there. Yeah. One of the key things that I'm super proud of is actually the work between uh, Briggs Automotive, uh, BAC Mono. Mm. Actually, it's BAC, but we all say BAC Mono. And uh, um, the artist called René Turek, uh, which is an art car that's mm. being uh, shown here in the, in the marquee. And it glows in the dark, and it's just a, a stunning sculpture. Um, so it's art on sculpture, really. It's quite beautiful. 
this project is quite special because it goes beyond the car and the art itself. It goes to NFTs. Uh, we have um, uh, a selection of different NFTs that have been submitted by people online. They are showcased onto the model, which is a paper model. So it's a real car, an actual paper model, as well as uh, the NFT. So there are, it's a, a three medias into one thing, and it's, it's all about cars. So to me, that's one of the, the key things here, uh, yeah. what, what people can see here. And we've got amazing cars as well, such as uh, Frank Stevenson's um, um, uh, Praga collaboration, yeah. which is, uh, yeah, I'm hugely proud to have here as so well, yeah. super special. And the first public appearance of the, the Lotus, the Fittipaldi Lotus, mm. which is yeah. to me quite personal because I was born in Sao Paulo, where, where yeah. he's from. So yeah, it just felt quite special to be able to be the the event where it's going to be foreseen yeah. globally, yeah. Um, not by press only. Yeah. So I love how anyone could come here. It's not one of those events where, well, if you're not a car geek or um, <laughs> a car journalist, or then you can't come. You can, and you can immerse yourself into into every piece here and learn something and take something from it. And if you don't necessarily love cars, you do still see a beauty in, in the lines and the shapes of different things. It's, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great idea. Do you hope for this to keep on growing and growing and growing? Totally. We actually, yeah. the plan has to, is to keep growing, but not to the point where it loses its essence. Yeah, intimacy. So, yes. Yeah. It needs to remain intimate somehow. It needs to remain a place where you feel relaxed and not too busy that yeah. you just, uh, you don't take everything in and you take things for granted. True. So it's never going to be massive. We don't ever want to compete with our competitors because we want to celebrate them too. Mm. We just want to have our own little sector, which is what you experience here. Mm. Um, uh, we see at a, at a maximum, maybe a thousand people or something like that uh, yeah. for, as it grows for the next as, uh, the years to come. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I see everyone that's attending is even curated. I mean, we invite a lot of people on purpose because we know they are creative or they have a background that will fit very well into the atmosphere and the, the, of the event itself. Mm. It's almost like every single person is a color and bringing all these people together, you create a big painting uh, of <laughs> different cultures, different interests, but all with the common interest of cars and yeah. creativity. So. It's a beautiful picture. Beautifully said, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. indeed. Indeed. That's so well said. <laughs> I think we need to end it on a high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really and I also pleasure. know that you've got so many things you need to be running around and doing here in Arta. So thank oh, you so good. much for yeah, giving to me your time. You. Thank you so much for allowing us to be part of this event in, in creating what we're creating here. It's it's mm. it's not art in a in a, a, a written or physical or sculpted form, but it's um, we can try and be as creative as possible yeah. with this podcast episode. And, yeah, it is. It's a celebration of creativity mm. and we're absolutely delighted to be part of it so thank you and my congratulations pleasure. my absolute pleasure yeah thank you always the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital well we are now joined by ian briggs design director and co-founder of bac a brilliantly british car company that makes well, just one of the most exciting cars I think you could possibly buy at the moment. Ian, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thanks for saying that. No, Appreciate you're, it. You're very welcome. <laughs> now, earlier this week, we spoke to Oliver Webb, who we know is a great pioneer of yours and has spent a lot of time behind the driver's seat uh, of the BAC cars, or BAC Mono specifically. 
in your words, why don't you tell us what the brand is? There'll be a lot of people listening who love their cars and love supercars and hypercars and fast things and motorbikes. Um, but BAC as a brand is still one that a lot of people are coming to terms with and getting used to. So in your words, what is the brand all about? Crikey, that's a big question, isn't it? For the first one, can I have an easy one? <laughs> um, so Neil and I set out to build a car that didn't exist. Um, said most simply and it was also a type of product that didn't exist that influences how the car looks that influences its layout that influences lots of different things essentially it's driving as a leisure activity not driving for transport so we, we firmly believe that as the transport industry uh, develops the car develops it'll eventually be autonomous we'd all have chauffeurs if we if we could there's a time and a place where that's appreciated becomes electric maybe with subscription services um what do the people who like driving as a driving as a leisure activity what do they do in the same way when the car was replaced sorry when the horse was replaced by the car as transport horse riding became a sport it mm. became a leisure activity so once you free yourself from the from from the need for it to be transport then you have a whole new set of criteria, a whole new set of opportunities that open up for you. Um, in the same way, skis, sailing, all these things that originated as transport, they later became leisure activities. And now you've got skis, you've got bicycles, you've got sailboats, and they're all very sharply focused at how those people like to use that product. But that didn't really exist in the car world. In the car world, there's still, even on a two-seat supercar, and nothing against those products, but there's still a legacy of them as transportation devices. Mm. And so monos are nothing to do with transportation. It's about driving as a leisure activity. Therefore, it's single seat and it's completely optimized. Everything we do about the product is optimized for that. Fantastic. It's such a, it's a fascinating one to try and describe. Obviously, us on radio, we're talking about what the mm. car looks like, but it is a single seater. It's the closest thing you can relate to a single seater racing car, but it almost has like a body dropped on top of it, doesn't it? Was that what you were going for? Did you want that single seater race car experience for the driver? Yeah, that's definitely the experience we wanted, but you you uh, you also touched on on one of the things that was important aesthetically. Firmly believe that it's that that type of product's not existed before, mm. so we wanted it to look like something from the future rather than look something from the past. Didn't want it to look a little bit like something else or remind you of of something you'd seen before. So it was very much influenced by science fiction, science fiction movies, something that, that I'm, I'm really into. Um, hence the black and the white, strong contrasts, um, very technical elements in the lower part around the suspension, around the engine, seeing the components, and then this very kind of organic stretched white body that's pulled over mm. it uh, we were inspired by um, uh, a video by Bjork all is full of love where she's, she's a robot very yes. much like the iRobot yeah. but it came before iRobot um, and this idea that you've just got these organic elements but it's you, you're not pretending that it really is organic it's always very apparent that there's a machine behind there and so that's very much part of the of the of the mono aesthetic and that also lends into a you know the some of the things that the customers are doing with their bespoke schemes because you're right it's it's essentially a plan shape is the is the body and it really lends itself to projecting images or projecting uh, schemes that type of thing onto it well i was going to ask you who would you say the mono is aimed for your 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 customers that you have in mind and also what kind of you know designs or impact are people wanting to put on the mono I mean, they're obviously car enthusiasts and, mm. and, and, and at that price point um, and that it isn't anything to do with transport, they're very much, uh, very, the, the guys who can afford it. So they're wealthy, successful 
guys, I have to say. We do have a female owner, and I'm always getting in trouble for <laughs> referring to him as our customer instead of <laughs> they. Um, but, um, yeah, they enjoy driving. Um, they enjoy nice things. So mm. it's not just a tool. It's not just something that's just a fast car. You know, the, every every effort's been made in the same way. A nice watch is a nice watch. Nice engineering, good aesthetics, the whole whole kind of joy of ownership. Um, that's important to those ga- to those people. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> well that one lady customer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She's important. Uh, we'd like more, though. We, we would really like more. Um, they enjoy driving and, and uh, you know, all their other cars uh, offer them different experiences. You know, they've got a Range Rover for a, ho- a holiday with the family. They've got a, a supercar for, a, you know, a morning with with the son. Um, they've got a car for everything, um, some classic cars, things like that. But Mono offers them an experience that they don't have in anything else. It offers them a level of performance that nothing else has yeah. and a, a, um, a level of kind of focus and um, I think Ollie said it really good on one of our podcasts. He called it automotive therapy. He said, because when he's in there, there's no phone, yeah. there's no navigation, there's no nothing. He's, he's, he's away from the world. You, you don't have to wear a helmet, but most people do. Mm. And there's this isolation, you know, this sense, once you put the helmet on, it's just me now, it's just me with this machine. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's an antisocial hobby, though, because, you know, you, you might you might be with lots of other friends who are in their cars. Mm. When you go skiing, the moment you actually start skiing, you are on your own. You put your goggles on yeah, so and everyone else is around you. And, of course, you get on the lift and go back up and you're all chatting. That's the same when you drive mono or drive any other car. Um, but the moment you're doing it, you, you've got this isolation, which is a which is a nice experience yeah. and it's refreshing in this world. It's, I, I enjoy being on planes sometimes because there's no internet, you know, it's yes. a, a, a free, free Wi-Fi, but yeah. I'm not interested. You're away from everyone. I'm, I'm, I'm safe at the moment, leave yeah. me alone. Yeah, yeah. And it's like being on a bike, I suppose, John. It is, yeah. You know. We often, you know, I've, I've often riding around on two wheels and I find that exact same thing. Yeah, once the crash helmet's on and you're away, you are in this world of isolation. It's almost like a nirvana. You could escape to your thoughts. You can process things almost meditative it's quite yes, a bizarre thing it is and i guess yeah driving the mono must be just just the same experience it is the same and and it's a good analogy i mean i, I as we were doing the car i had an mv augusta um oh, I, and i had a passenger seat and one person went on it once and that was it it never happened again yeah. um and so it's not unusual that um, that people see a motorbike no one would look at a a one seat Ducati and say oh, where do you put the passenger or where do you put the yeah, luggage no one would ask that question yeah. they just realise okay that's for guys who just want to ride bikes yeah. and that never really existed in the car world and that's what mono is for we still get that question you know where do, where do I sit the missus or where, where do I put the shopping but um, his and hers well there two. you go easy yeah. simple yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a wise solution yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I think with something like that, it might take some people. It's 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 a different way of 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 moving around. It's a different way of losing yourself, of having that escape. Is that bit of luxury, that extension of yourself, like you say, with the watch. So I guess it will take some people a little bit of time to get used to that. But I think it's a great great idea. If I had the money, I would. <laughs> <laughs> I think you t- you touch on on a good point because. Um, I had friends who were involved in the project from the beginning because they got to see you know, the sketches and the mm. idea and develop. And one of my very close friends um, who I met through motorcycling said, I think it's great, I love it, blah, blah. It's not for me, but, you know, that's that's fine. Well, two years later, he bought one. He's on his second one now. He's now the president of the owners club. So right. it does take time okay. for people to mentally yeah. make that that switch because the car for all of us most of the time is transport. Mm. Mm, um, and the idea that it, that it'll that it's my 
it's my free time, leisure activity. Um, I, I enjoy mountain biking, for example, and my mountain bike is absolutely optimised to be a great mountain bike. It's not really very good in the city. It's a bit heavy, mm. uh, it's a bit soft, but when you start going downhill fast, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, and then there's other guys who've got, you know, aerodynamic carbon time trial bikes, and they go out on yeah. a Sunday and they're, they're just average speed, and that's, mm. that's their cycling. So in all these sports, it's normal, but the car, because it has played such an important part of our life and its transportation function, it's very hard to see it in that light. So true. And so we feel that we're at the front of that new wave, yeah. let's say. I was going to say, you're almost ahead of the curve with that whole, you know, your analogy at the beginning of our, our conversation, you stopped talking about how... Um, the horse was once used for transport and is now used for leisure. And the car, exactly. I think you're yeah. exactly right. You know, yeah. Autonomy is coming. Electrification Absolutely. is coming. All of this tech, whether we like it or not, is coming in place. Mm. And it will mean that our cars, and often the easy comparison we always often talk about is classic cars. You know, our classic cars aren't going anywhere. But there's no reason that a brand new car can't also be that toy, that escape, Absolutely. that joyous yeah. Uh, for nothing other than just pure joy, yeah. pure driving. And I must admit, I mean, I, I, I embrace that new electric world. Yeah. I mean, like involved in the creation of this car, of course, but still, for most of the time, the idea of it coming and picking me up outside the restaurant when it's raining, I don't yeah. have to go and find it or, yeah. you know, yeah. um, takes me home, I can fall asleep. I mean, it, it, it'll, it, it, the car will be better as transportation. I the, agree. In the, in, when mm. that comes, there's... Mm. There's, actually driving it yourself isn't the reason the car's become successful. It's because it takes me from my front door to, the, to where I want to be in my own private space. That's why it's successful. Mm. And it'll still be that. It'll just be that even better. Mm. Um, but then again, what do you do if you enjoy driving? Well, then you're freed from all of that functionality now. So now I can just have something in my garage. I don't even own another car. Yeah. I just call up a two-seater or a four-seater or a estate car with a long range or a short range. Whatever, optimised to the journey I want to do. It arrives, I get in it, and it takes me. But the only thing I need in my garage might be an off-roader, mm. might be a BAC mono, be those types of products, yeah. which are really my leisure time, my leisure activity. Perfect. And it's a British brand. We've, we've mentioned that. You mentioned uh, weather there briefly, whether intentionally or not. I, who is your typical customer in the sense of location in the world? Because I think of British car owners as we are used to getting a bit wet and a bit rained on, and it's not quite the best <laughs> weather protection, is there, in the mono? No, I mean, it, um, if it rains, you get wet, of course. Um, but it's not to the extent you would on a, on a bike, for yeah. example. Um, you, you do it any speed. Um, you... you you normally, when you sit in the car, the steering wheel is level with you know, kind of your mouth kind of height. Mm. Um, there's a small aero screen, so a lot of the wind gets kicked above you. If you sit at the traffic lights in the rain, you're going to get wet. But uh, <laughs> we've got a Gore-Tex driver's jacket, takes care of that. Um, but again, it's, you know, if it's bad weather when you're skiing, if it's bad weather when you're sailing, if it's bad weather when you're cycling, uh, motorcycling, all those sports that we enjoy um, expose us to the elements because... That is part of the fun. I mean, yeah. modern cars try to isolate us from that, so we arrive fresh and rested. Um, it's actually, if you drive along a road just with a pair of sunglasses on in mono at 30, 40 mile an hour through a forest, just that sense of moving 
without being behind a windscreen in air conditioning with a massaging seat yeah. and all the music and all the nice things that make a long journey pleasant it's it's exhilarating without even going fast and you smell the forest and you feel the air's cooler in the shade and as you drive out uh, you feel the sun again and there's the speed build you know the eyes start to water a little bit it's just an exhilarating thing yeah. uh, moving through the world fantastic and what's next where does the brand go from here We'd like to broaden the appeal of the current car. Um, we do have customers um, that do quite high mileage in them, yeah. amazingly. Um, we did an, an event um, in the Southern Alps last year, um, and one of the owners drove all the way down from Holland in his wow. car, did an event with the Dutch Supercar Club in the Black Forest on the way. Then he drove to our event, <laughs> did five or six days in northern Italy. Oh, wow. And on the last day, he drove all the way back from just north of Milan to Aachen. Um, so, and there are customers like that. And he'll go on the track from time to time, but that's not what it's about for him. On the other end of the spectrum, we've got customers who will put the car on a trailer and, and take it to a track and run it on slicks and, and go as quick as they can. So um, we'd like to broaden the appeal in that, the guy who likes to use it mostly on the road has the type of features that he needs. Mm. Um, the guy who uses it mostly on the track is less interested in some of those features. Um, so just be true to the product and true for what it's about, mm. but just optimize it for how different people like to use it. Yeah. That's the short term. Yeah. Long term, let's see. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> and I guess we should mention the fact that we're here at the Sleeping With Art event. You've got uh, a couple of cars here, haven't you? One of them is quite beautifully painted and decorated. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, that was a collaboration we did with René Turek, um, a German artist uh, who very much specialises. He does other types of art, but he very much specialises in automotive art. Um, so insofar as art applied to cars. Mm -hmm. Um and uh, yeah, we were invited to to show the car. It's come out amazing. Mm. Um, it's kind of uh, it's got two personalities. If you see it in daylight, it looks very different than if you see it in ultraviolet light. Um, there's kind of extra effects that come through when you see it. So that's why it's being presented uh, in the way we, we're showing it here today. Um, and then alongside it, we have our current car, the Mono R. We have a customer who was kindly uh, allowed us to display that because it's matte white and I thought it would be a nice opportunity to show the car as a blank canvas yeah. and just say, look, anything's possible. Um, mm. So we've shown a crazy art car and a blank canvas. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> well, it's really great to see yeah. them here. And it's great to you know find out more about the well, one of the brains behind the brand as well, because it is such an exciting car to see. And yeah, very rarely I have seen the one lady owner because uh, she's in the same car club that I'm in. And ah. it's always exciting to see when she rocks up to the event and it's always like, you've really made an effort. You know, we've all turned up in comfy cars with windscreens and roofs and she rocks up like, yeah, here I am. Yeah, it's yeah. Just great to she, see. What, she, she does a lot she of do miles. For a living? I don't know, oh, actually. Don't know she, she works at a hospital. Um, oh. I think she's on the administrative side um, in a hospital, uh, oh, I believe. Wow. I don't know much more detail about that. But uh, yeah, she, uh, she actually bought a used mono um, and it, happened to be the only pink mono we'd ever built yeah no really? joke yeah. it's a fuchsia uh, pink uh, mono oh wow i love that yeah. that's amazing yeah, she's great that's she's so really cool <laughs> i want one too i really do wow that's inspired us both i think absolutely well you can have a pink one or yeah. whatever color you want yeah could you see yourself going out in i could mm. yeah i think it's that that comparison to motorcycling that I think kind of yeah. draws me in and you know it, it's it's an interesting whilst I love bikes 
as a driver, I'm far more comfortable driving um, on track days in a car than I would be, say, on a bike. I really enjoy riding bikes, but for me, it's yeah, track days is always cars. I guess this is that perfect fusion of the two, isn't it? I'd love to, uh, yeah, it'd be great to experience it and see where those comparisons are drawn. Well, we, just... we, we can arrange that, that's for sure. Oh. Give, give, give you an opportunity to, to compare. And it's, it's interesting you make that analogy because um, my good friend Alex, who runs the Owners Club, he comes from the bike uh, world, right. as I said. Yeah. And he said, it's the right product at the right time of my life. It's my four-wheel motorbike. That's, that's how he described oh, really? it. Very good uh, point. Yeah. You know, when my daughter was born, there was a guy killed on the motorbike track day. Yeah. the day after yeah. you know and i'm like helicopters landing and i'm, I'm getting goosebumps now yeah, yeah. thinking why is this that important yeah. to me and you pay with your body on a bike yeah. um rather than your wallet mm. well both actually with a bike but uh, mm. more importantly with your body um so yeah know that mono is, a, is an opportunity for for guys who like that type of thing and i mean it's super bike performance acceleration formula car cornering and braking it's um it's an experience yeah Fantastic. Yeah. And remind us, what sort of price are we looking at, just in case we are tempted to go and buy one? Um, you'd be looking at about 250000 is about an average yeah. uh, right. spec uh, yeah. mono R. Lovely. That's about your day Healthy. rate, isn't it, Rich? Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, <laughs> day and a half, maybe. <laughs> yeah, day and a half. Oh, fantastic. Well, Ian, thanks so much for joining us. As, as yeah. I say, it's always great to to find and, and, and even briefly explore the brains behind these wonderful brands, mm. these wonderful cars that we see. Um, yeah, wish you all the best with it, and uh, I'll take you up on that little offer. I think it'd be fantastic to, <laughs> yeah, to have a will. little play. See how we get on. But it's been a pleasure, guys. Thanks. Yeah, thanks thank for having me. Cheers. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable: postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program. Well, we're back with another little segment from our Sleeping With Art episode. And this time we've decided to collar one of the automotive companies that are here rather than an artist. I'm sure you have an artistic side, Dave. And we'll, I do, yeah. We'll explore that shortly. I do, yeah. Um, but uh, Dave, you're here with Caton, the wonderful company that have recreated Created, yeah. the beautiful Austin Healey. Glad you think so. Yeah, well, it's it's wonderful, isn't it's it? It's a work of art in its own, isn't it? That's it. That's it. And we were talking earlier to Renata about often how the the connection is lost between the fact that the cars we drive around on a day to day basis, even our run of the mill cars that we used to do the weekly shop or drive to work, that started as a work of art. Somebody sketched that. Somebody. Drew it. That's it for many hours. And what you're here with today is a car that was sketched back in the 1950s, I That's assume. That's right, 1954, originally. yeah. Yeah. So why Dewey. don't you tell us a bit about Caton? For those that aren't aware, 
Um, tell us about the brand and, of course, this now wonderful product that you're here with. Well, what we've got is um, we've got a fantastic company behind us called Envisage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Envisage is uh, it's a secret. People, they don't really know who Envisage are and what they do. And they, they make concept cars and prototypes for all the major OEMs in the world. Um, unfortunately, through signing of the NDA agreements, we're, we're not allowed to actually talk about it or tell anybody. <laughs> so we stand at these motor shows at Geneva and everywhere as they launch these new cars, having built it, and, and we can't say we, we're involved with it. Yeah. So by having our own brand, Caton allows us to promote that part of the business. Mm-hmm. So now we can talk about all the skill sets that we've got within our business um, and all the, uh, the sort of the CAD and the machining, the bodywork, the trim... Um, it's just a great outlet to, to sort of share that information. Mm. And then, of course, the Caton brand is a new brand. Um, the Caton came from two of our shareholders, uh, Cottrell and Hudson, mm. so, which is how we got the name. Uh, and it's just this actual product of, of using this Austin Heel is just a great way to, to mm. get it off the ground, you know, an iconic you know, product that's not really been sort of pushed before you mm. know nobody's really looked at the Austin here there's been lots of e-types and other things that have yeah. been done but uh, it's just new ground so it's, yeah. it's a great way so was that the reason for choosing the Healy as the first project then just because it hadn't really been done it wasn't well, it's, your typical it's, AC Cobra correct. or GT40 it's something just a little bit different but but also um, you know Caton's a Coventry brand mm. and the Austin Healy being from Warwick it seemed the right thing to do something quite local yeah uh, and it's good having that sort of strategic partner over there in Warwick where the original Healy's were built, the, the 19 prototypes of the BM1, which is the one we've used. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's a lovely linkage. It's a lovely story. You know, people like to get engaged with the story of you know, the romance of the car, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And then hopefully, I think, you know, Donald Healy, with all the things he had available to him in the 50s, we've kind of gone that step further with the things that he could have done with the technologies that we have available to us today. And, and I think we've produced something that even he would have been proud of. You know, he'd have looked at it and said, yeah, this is, this is right. Yeah. yeah. So. I've been very lucky. I've had a drive of the car yeah. and um, just, yeah, absolutely blew me away with how something could feel so modern and reliable, but without feeling too modern and reliable, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. It still feels like I'm driving an older car, but with new technology that's gone into making certain parts Correct. certain yeah. elements are going to be a lot more reliable what's the response been from people putting in orders or, or giving inquiries have people well, been uh, excited oh they're very excited yeah i mean who, who wouldn't it's um it's a, it's a gorgeous product uh, we've we've got lots of inquiries um, which we you know ne- as we go through into next year will hopefully turn into orders now mm. we've done the press drives and we've done the launch yeah we can start thinking about uh, engaging these people to to come and drive the product, come and have a look at it. Mm. Um, quite interestingly, lots from America, um, yeah. just through social media, who have seen the car. And I think it's the way it sits in America is that sort of iconic British sports car mm. as it did in the 50s. You mm. know, it's, it was a very glamorous time in the 50s. You know, the movie industry in Hollywood, Steve McQueen had his XKSS and, uh, you know, Clark Gable was into his classic cars. So this sat really well, and people were desperate to get them. Mm. And it's quite interesting that ninety percent of sales of the car went to America. Yeah, where, wow. yeah, it's that's really kind of what I'd imagine, though. Because you know, it's a car without a roof. I know that you can yeah. fabricate and engineer <laughs> yeah, one if okay. you want them, but yeah, effectively, it's a, a car with no roof, isn't it? That yeah. is there to be enjoyed as a, a recreational. Yeah. 
bit of fun. Um, perhaps not the car you'd use to commute every day. You could no, if it's, you wanted it's, to, it's, but it's the weekend sort of car. Yeah. Mm. But it's been quite good because what we're trying to do is we're trying to show what we can do as Kate and as a brand, you know, how we change the design language of the car. We've been true to the sort of the original concept of it, mm. um, but kind of put our own impression onto the car. We've developed things ourselves, made things slightly different, you know, put the bigger haunches on the rear mm. to make it look a bit more masculine. You know, you've de we've dehinged it, made it very smooth and very pure. Mm. And then we're showcasing our ability with the interior design and the leathers and the fabrics. Uh, and that's something we're going to explore a lot more mm -hmm. uh, as we go forward because the whole bespoke side of it comes in, you know, where we can engage these people. And unlike OEMs, we can actually bring them in and sit them down and let them talk about what they want to do with the interior. Let them have some design input. Don't, don't let them choose a colour off a chart. Get yeah. them involved and create a colour. Say, well, what is it you want? And come into the studio with us and why don't you decide, add the drops in and you mix the paint? Mm. That's amazing. Um, that really is then an extension of someone's personality. Correct. And becomes them. It's a it lifestyle becomes them. piece. Yeah. And that's what these people... You, when you were talking earlier about the, the design language of cars, is we all use the same um, technology. We go to the same aerodynamics chambers. Mm. Cars are becoming, if you follow the maths they will all start to look the same. Mm. And people are all doing that. By doing this, it's putting that, letting you express yourself, you know, let you, you're not just buying something off the, off the rack. Yeah. This yeah. is coming and, you know, how would you like this centre console? How would you like the chair, you know, the seats? Do you want leather? Would you like fabric? Yes, I would. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And, and like we're doing um, with our hookup with Skabal, um, you know, what... What a great company to sit down with and, and look at the possibilities of using the fabrics that they have available to them. Mm. And, you know, these are people who go and buy 15 suits on Savile Row and spend sixty or £70,000 on uh, every time they go shopping mm. uh, to involve that in the car and let you choose the fabrics in the same way. You know, yeah. and, and let's look at how we can use some of these fabrics, how we can change the flutes of the car and put on the insets and all that sort of thing, you know. Just makes it very exciting. Where does your passion for for this come from? Where does it come from? Oh, I've, I've had forty years of it. Oh, wow, um, okay. <laughs> I I was I was thirty two years at Jaguar, um, mm. so and I was in the aerospace industry before that. Oh, wow. But I desperately wanted to join Jaguar at the time, and they won at Le Mans in nineteen eighty eight, and and I was just so involved with the race, and and I thought I've got to be part of this, and and I decided to jump ship, and my friend was. At, been an apprentice at Jaguar and he said we're looking for people we, we want people who have not been in the automotive industry and, um, and I was really lucky to get in on the design and development but as I was doing the modern day cars and, and I even did my own GT designed a GT and built the, that and a race car uh, did lots of projects but it was slowly I, I decided that it was the classic environment as I started to look at the history of Jaguar I fell in love with the 1950s and it was the Jaguar C-Type and, uh, and of course, that one in 1951 and 1953. And there were some beautiful stories around not just the cars, but it was the people who made them that made it interesting. There was the Magnificent Seven who built the car, the C-Type, to race. And, and with Duncan Hamilton, who was a, a fantastic character. And, and so as I kind of developed, I had a chance to go into work for Jaguar Classics. And they invited me to go and they said, look, we understand, you know, you, you've loved this C-Type. Would you like to come and build uh, a new one? And it was just wow. like, oh, God, yeah, I'd really love to. I mean, that's a lot of pressure as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's, it was fascinating going back into the archives 
and looking at how cars, not just Jaguars, but generally in cars, how they were designed and how they were built in the 50s. Mm. And, and it really helped because as, as I'd finished the C-Type, then this position became available and Envisage were quite keen to say, would you like to come and help us? Because we've got this project we think is right up your street. <laughs> <laughs> and then it started off down the next avenue then of yeah. sitting and looking at the archives and going through all the history of Donald Healy. And That's a just dream. Yeah. It's, it's lovely. I enjoy that side of it because mm. um, it's people that make cars. You know, and it's, it's being able to express yourself as designers and engineers that changes a car, that gives a car character. Yeah. You know, because if you just look at the CAD and the robots and the way things are, they can become very bland and they just mm. come off a production line. But, you know, you can imagine Donald Healy in his workshop, you know, working cars like this. Yeah. And we're doing the same now with the technologies that we have, which are, you know, certainly for the body, we're following the original principles of using the English wheel. Yeah, you know, and we're teaching apprentices to learn how to roll and 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 get that form rather than using the tooling. You know, the old-fashioned way. Such a romance about it. All it is. Time. It is a romance. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly it. Yeah. And I think it 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 is a work of an absolute work of art. You know, when you, when you look at the form and the shape, and you take you know, it's just in its natural, pure sense. Mm. It's it's well. In fact, we were originally. I, I, just quickly go back to an XJ13, which is a very famous car. And it was a guy who wanted to buy that as a piece of art because oh, wow. he wanted to put it on his wall in America in his penthouse in New York <laughs> and offered the company an obscene amount of money, but they were never prepared to sell it. But again, it was that he wanted something that said to him, this is the most perfect piece of art I could ever buy. It is amazing, isn't it? That link between... Yeah, we all think of cars that we love and there are certain cars that we love and we can't really explain, explain why. why. Yeah. It's just yeah. something about it, the design, the way that it looks, sometimes the way it sounds that just speaks to us. And, it catches yeah. you, doesn't it? Yeah. And the Lancia Stratus for me is the, yeah. the one that's uh, from my childhood that when I, when I retire, I'm going to build one. Brilliant. And again, oh, wow. it's, just, it's just because there's something about You can't say what it is. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it just sits so well today as, yeah. a, as a sort of a you know, beautiful aerodynamic shape. Yeah. But... Uh, it invokes a memory. Sometimes it's like something a song, triggers isn't it? it yeah. Or, a, or a, sm a smell, a fragrance, or well, something that takes you back. That's certainly, what it's like with some cars. Certainly, with the Caton, when you when you drive it, you mm. know, yeah. it's not about the ultimate figures because it, it doesn't really have them in today's. Mm. You know, it, yeah. it's not about the naught to sixties and the top speed. It's about the experience you get driving it, yeah. the feel, you know, the perception, the performance feel that you feel through through your bottom, through your legs. Your hands touching the steering wheel and the vibrations, mm. and then the sort of whole noise of you know the side draft exhaust was put there for a reason. It was to create this beautiful crackle and noise at around about your ear, uh, coming up from the door. That, I mean, you know you've driven it. We do. It <laughs> makes a lovely noise, doesn't <laughs> it? Does, it? Yeah. it makes you smile. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, you know, we do a, a Leamington High Street test. I don't know if you've been to Leamington. Yeah, I know Leamington. So the High Street yeah. um, is, is quite a well-used piece of road. Yeah. And I, uh, on coming back from Warwick, I decided, well, let's, let's just take the Caton down Leamington High Street and just gauge. Mm. And you watch people. Yeah. And you just drive sedately through and see your reaction. And you know you've got it right when people stop and look and admire, yeah. which... When I take my focus, nobody would even know you've been down the, down the road, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with the Caton, you know, it's just lovely. People want to talk to you at the traffic lights. Yeah. They comment on the colour, they comment on the trim and the yeah. noise, and it's just yeah, very exciting. Yeah. yeah, I have to say on the day, so I took it out for an afternoon, uh, starting at Café de Machine, driving around um, yeah, Warwickshire and, and down towards the Cotswolds, and I ended up going through Broadway, and it was a beautiful old Cotswold town, 
down through the high street and I noticed there, I think perhaps for the first time, that was where most people were almost stopping in their tracks to look at the car and I thought, oh, it must be because I'm in Broadway and you know these are the kind of people that love a classic car. I'd say majority were older couples who were kind of looking at the car and appreciating it and I thought, oh, that's quite nice. You know, They, they clearly like mm. the car because it reminds them of a certain time. And then, of course, I was driving back to Café de Machine and ended up going through Stratford-upon-Avon which is a very diverse town with people of all ages. And it, it was the same. Every single person was looking. And it made me realise it's it's nothing to do with the demographic of people that like cars. It's just that this is such an impressive, unique, beautiful thing Think, that yes. people want to just stare appreciate at and become it, obsessed yes. by. And yeah, you can completely get it. It's just a magical thing. And the other thing, I don't know whether you noticed, that you know when they designed this sort of size car, it was designed for the size of the roads. Yeah, of course. And it fits the yeah, road beautifully yeah, yeah. you know the modern cars and certainly you know when we did the xj220 mm. it's a big car you take up all of the road yeah. but this you know with the caden you're so balanced in the road that when you're taking your lines you're not actually straddling over the white lines because yeah, yeah. you've got enough room to to maneuver that's it so it sits well it feels well i think yeah you must feel very lucky to work extremely with. lucky yeah, yeah it's yeah. Like very very job. proud of it it's yeah. yes it's it's fabulous to be able to express yourself and, and work with so many mm. talented people yeah. who are now being able to showcase their work from from what we do. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah it's absolutely fabulous. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling that um, we will hear more from you, Dave, I think, in the not-too-distant future, because I think I, I know that you've got a very uh, exciting history in, yeah. in this world of cars, so perhaps we'll sit down for a bit more of a longer oh, chat at some yeah. point. And, yeah. Uh, unpick that beautiful brain of yours with some memories and stories <laughs> Take and, uh, five minutes. and share those yeah yeah <laughs> oh, we can go for hours if we need to don't you worry um but for now we'll let you get back to that Thank lovely kate and stand and uh, speaking to the people that are all walking over and going well that's rather lovely isn't it <laughs> thank <laughs> so, you yeah great to have you all right really thank you the driven chat podcast in association with paramex digital right the next guest we found at this brilliantly creative wonderful event sleeping with art here in the beautiful leafy very autumnal looking mm. buckinghamshire is del gregory now del you've got a number of job titles and i'm going to i'm going to go with the big one the founder and editor-in-chief at b500 magazine which is a very impressive uh, very impressive job title to have but there's more than that isn't there to you and there's more of a significance in you being here at this event so firstly welcome thank you Lovely to see you. Thank you for the invitation. <laughs> I think the title is is much more regal. Uh, yeah, it is regal. Than I actually, than yeah. I actually am. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a title. I have to call yourself something, and I guess because I founded B five hundred, founder of B five hundred. Somewhere go. along the line, I became editor of. So that's hence, I guess it's quite a long title, but no, no, it's good. But yeah, Gotta fill that business card. Editor. Fill it up. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, um, what brings you here? I, what really brings me here is the fact that last year was so good, obviously to a different location yeah. from last yeah. year, but we enjoyed last year so much, met so many lovely people, that we just thought, well, why don't we do it again? So I actually said to Renata at the end of last year, we want to come back. I think we were one of the first people to say we want to come back. We want to support with B500, first of all. But I also have another role, which is um, as global communications for Arconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arconic Defenders, based in Somerset. So I do all of their communications. So I said to Arconic, why don't you guys get involved, put some sponsorship behind uh, Renata's second Sleeping With Art. Mm -hmm. Um, That all fell into place. So, yeah, that's what brings me here, really. A continuation. And it's like we've never been away. It is, isn't it? It's it's a nice (laughs) sunny day again, and we're all back. Yeah, yeah, it is. Different location, but it's got that same 
feel and this being a slightly bigger location than last year's event it just it feels like a really nice progression really nice growth it's got a growth i think that's yeah, a really good way of putting it, it feels i think it has grown it's great yeah mm. yeah um now you've got quite an interesting background and career and that's led you up to the comfy sofa that I'm pleased you mentioned before it's, you sat down. You the first thing you sat down all day. So, do you want to say that I, the first thing I said when I sat down was, "Can I stay here for two days, please?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. you can. You can just be my co-host tomorrow. Yeah, that'd be yeah. Great. Yeah. It's just yeah, a nice comfy sofa. Um, I've been on my feet since eight o'clock this morning, and and it's hard to believe that the day is you know kind of almost gone. Yeah, and you talk to so many people, and the sun's out, and I think I've actually got a bit of. You know, I feel quite sort of hot from... It could be a number of things. Um, <laughs> I think so it's you can't the, have a tan, can you? It's not a tan. It might be sort of sunblast or something, but it could be wow. something to do yeah. with the whiskey cocktail that I'm holding. Yeah, <laughs> so, good old whiskey cocktail. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably it. Awesome. So, um, tell me about B500 then. and how did, that, how did that come about? How did that become a thing for you? Well, I had made the decision... I've been in publishing for many years and photography, and... A quick backstory. There's a guy here today um, who I should mention called Joe, Joe Hayhoe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a photographer. And I've known Joe for 25 years. And Joe was a guy that I got involved in a business uh, 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. And we've suddenly, bizarrely, met again um, last year at Sleeping With Art and this year. Um, and he's now going to be a designer. Um, on B500 so oh, it's kind nice. of really weird that we started started in Babington House in Somerset hmm. uh, where I was a member at the time Joe came down we met he did some design and photography work for a business that I had and that business was called Billionaire 500 uh-huh. and it was the first ever online portal for billionaires and right. we sold uh, <laughs> we sold art we sold private jets we sold yeah. yachts all sorts of brokered deals mm-hmm. so very first business of its kind and I sold that business uh, in 2007 just before the Lehman crash mm. um, and went into other publishing ventures and to bring it up to date because a lot of people say where does the B500 come from um, I have two answers for that the first is uh, the road in Bavaria the, the fantastic driving road yep. called the B500 mm-hmm. That's not actually true. Um, <laughs> the truth is, is I've just taken the B from Billionaire 500 <laughs> and brought it forward to, okay. to 2020. So that it's works. B 500 has come from my old business. So, yeah. so that's both versions of it. And it was a guy, Aston Martin, that asked me the question. And I was about to tell him. And he said, oh, it must be B 500 in Bavaria. And I went, I know. So <laughs> no, it's not that version. So that's when I had to come clean and say, yeah, it's just the B from B- Billionaire 500. So Joe's now going to be doing the design of B500, and that goes back, as I say, 25 years, 20, 25 years. So to answer your question, I then did lots of publishing, lots of photography, and ended up retiring in 2019 mm-hmm. with a, a mild sort of health thing and decided that I was quite happy living in the Cotswolds and travelling and doing what I was doing. Um, I then got bored very quickly, <laughs> and over Christmas, um, leading into 2020, I got my publishing hat back on, and I thought, what can I do that I can, I can actually do from home? And this was pre-COVID. This was just mm. before the COVID. Mm. Um, and I came up with the idea on paper of a digital-only car-on-car culture magazine mm-hmm. where I could suit myself how to do it. I didn't want to grow it. didn't want to do any, yeah. any kind of big-scale thing. Keep it digital. Stuff I've done in the past, in yeah. other words. So I started that in February, March. And I had my good friends at Touring Superleggera in Milan, 
going onto the front cover. Mm-hmm. And if you guys remember, Milan was the first European city to go into full lockdown yes, in March. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to immediately cancel that and look for a new front cover. Oh, nice. huh. So I emailed Magnus Walker in Los Angeles yep. and I said, do you want to be on the front cover of my new magazine? And bearing in mind, he's in downtown LA. I'm in very much downtown Cotswolds. <laughs> he said, yeah, come and see me Tuesday. And I said, yeah, Magnus, it's, it's Friday and I'm in the Cotswolds. He went, yep, come and see me Tuesday, nine o'clock. <laughs> so, I, so I got off the phone. I um, booked a ticket, flew to LA, got there on the Monday, crashed out Monday night, got in an Uber Tuesday morning. I was knocking on his door at nine o'clock <laughs> Tuesday oh, wow. morning. So that went down well with Magnus. He mm-hmm. said, man, I didn't think you'd actually come. Well, you invited me. So so we had coffee. I spent the day with Magnus Walker, did all the photography for the front cover of issue one. And that really helped it to take off. Mm. But what really helped was the fact that when I got back from LA and we did the first issue, we went immediately into COVID. Of course, yeah. So everybody was at home. Um, Cars were selling on online auctions mm-hmm. people were at home people had money they could look through things so we did a lot of auction activity in the first few issues um, and we could reach people because it was digital yeah so they could open yeah. it up instantly mm-hmm. wherever they were in the world so it took off and we're now on issue 13 Great. Wow. to two years later but a lot has happened in that period of time yeah. um, I met Arconic I introduced um, Etienne Salome, the former Bugatti designer, to Arconic. We commissioned five beach cruisers. Arconic offered me a job. Um, I said no. So Tom, the MD, said, uh, let's do a road trip to Monaco and I'll change your mind. <laughs> we did the road trip to Monaco. We drove back and I changed my mind on the return trip. And I went, oh, all right then. Um, but I was taken on as uh, head of global communications. Yeah. Um, so I do that as well as edit B500. But along that route between 2020 and now, Arconic also bought my interest in the magazine. So it's an Arconic ah, magazine. So they actually own B500 magazine. Got you. Um, but they very kindly uh, retained me as editor. Brilliant. So I, my multi-role is communications for Arconic and editor of B500. Um, and that's kind of where we are up to date. How so challenging was that though? Like launching a magazine during a pandemic. It's not the easiest of things. Do you know, I think, I think had it been print, and I've done print magazines yeah. over the years, and, and one of the reasons I chose not to was because it is, it is much harder than doing mm. digital because you've got to get all print resource mm. into. It's co- cost, uh, yeah. it's finding printers, it's delivery, it's, you know, it's everything that goes with print is hard. But I love print. I love print magazines. Um, you love the smell and the feel of it. Yeah. And there's something in the pipeline that, that mm, maybe not in a position to mention today, yeah. but mm-hmm. print is in the pipeline mm-hmm. to do with something that we're working on. Um, but yeah, challenging, but not as much as if it had been print because mm-hmm. you can work from home. You mm-hmm. can, you know, everyone that's a designer or um, anyone that's going to facilitate that magazine is also working at home. Yeah. So we have yeah. all the technology to reach those people mm-hmm. wherever they are in the world and get those things happening between you. You could Zoom call and, and do all of that. And then suddenly it was up online and we were we were functioning. Mm. Yeah. And then of course everyone was saying like, when's issue two? So we you know plan issue two. And then as I say, we're now issue 13. 
Wow. So, and it's safe to say you're out of retirement? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you didn't really yeah. retire, did you? <laughs> well, no, I didn't get much of a chance of that. No. But, but yeah, do you know what? I still think I am because it's, um, you know, what is it that saying of if, if, you know, if you love what you do, you don't have to ever work yeah. a day in your life. Yeah. And I guess I, I'm quite fortunate in that respect that I've, since I've worked, so I've been working since I was 17, which is, you know, too many years to remember. But I left, when I was 17, I, le- I, I left to go and live in Canada. Mm. Um, I got family, um, half my family are Canadian. And so I went to live in Canada until I was 34. So 17 years working out there where everything is yes. Mm. And here it's, it's not always like that. No. It's, you know, people are jaded by business in Europe. Mm. But in Canada, and particularly growing up, um, and I was quite lucky because I had an English accent and that opened a lot of doors. Um, they wanted to do business. So I had a publishing company in Canada um, and people just wanted to to do business with you. So, yeah, I, I think that I'm just lucky. I, I love photography. I've been a photographer for 40 years. I've all sorts of different brands been lucky enough to work for, you know, um, camera brands. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just entering into another agreement with Leica. Um, which is for a new book project that I'm working on. So lots of stuff happening, but none of it feels like work. Mm. And I think that's incredibly lucky. I feel really lucky for that. It's quite fitting with this event, isn't it? Because Mm. this is such a a lovely event, which is a celebration of art and of cars and of cars in an artistic form. And yeah, it definitely has that feel here as well, doesn't it? That we're all celebrating this thing, which is funding people's livelihoods and funding their their work and keeping everyone busy but it's all because we love it it's all a passion-led project yeah you're absolutely right and I think that 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 what I also like about this event is that it's um it's not in any way elitist Mm. so you know you've got guys that are coming along with with all sorts of different work right the way up from you know whether it's a car that they've built themselves and they're just proud of that one off and you wouldn't perhaps get that at other events and right the way up to, you know, some of the cars I've seen out there are just mm. completely awesome. As they were last year, and if anything, slightly better this year. You know, there's all sorts of stuff out there. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm a real fan of that kind of almost grassroots, you mm. know. If, if it's got cars in it, yeah, I'm happy. If it's got art in it, yep, tick that box. Photographers are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, stop and chat to them. Yeah. So it's the whole thing, and having it in every room as well. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, a brilliant. It's honestly that intimacy is just. It's it's fantastic. And like you say, you can talk to anybody, and you feel inspired yeah. talking to people as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a. And, and I think it's still that's a good that, size event. Yeah, and I think that's that's shown up this morning as well when I was you know going to get a coffee or whatever, and people would say, "You're Dell, aren't you?" And I go, <laughs> "Yep." Yeah. I said, yeah, I remember you from last year. And we'd obviously got into conversation last year. Um, And, you know, the same. I've gone up to a few people today and said, oh, yeah, last year, remember. So it's a a nice kind of event Mm. that that Renata can keep pushing forward, I think. I'm excited for... I know we're only here now for two, Mm. but I'm excited for three. Yes. You know, what's next? What are we doing next? You know, I want to be involved. Yeah. yeah. So I've heard some rumours and it sounds very exciting. It does, and I don't know what I'm allowed to say. But yeah. <laughs> I'll say that yeah. it sounds very exciting. Well, I'll let you yeah. say it because I'm not going to say it. Yeah, you can get in trouble. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll all sit on our hands at this point yeah. and, and, uh, and not give anything away. Um, so let's talk briefly about Arconic because it is such a an exciting brand. It was the first time I got up close to one of the products was at the last Sleeping mm. With Art event. It was that, I'm going to say, gorgeous grey 
<laughs> defender shaped vehicle but uh, yeah. I, I know Del you're going to go well I actually didn't like the colour yeah. <laughs> yeah but I was, I, was, I was the only one that didn't yeah. you know so I, I was very much in very much I was a minority in one yeah because um, everybody loved it it's but quite the minority it is quite a minority <laughs> yeah um, but yeah I, I kind of live with it now it's sold it's living a very happy mm. life in the Hamptons um, wow. so we're very pleased about it's a good place to end up isn't yeah. it yeah it's a great place to end up it's, it's, it's where we would have hoped that it would end up yeah yeah. Um, so that's good. We kind of had a list of places that we'd like to have seen it in, mm. and the Hamptons was yeah right up there. So yeah, very happy with that. The owner's very happy. Um, I commissioned five with Arconic. So the backstory um, was how I got involved with Arconic was that I knew Etienne, who was mm. former designer at Bugatti. Um, we had we had quite a number of very late night conversations through lockdown where we were both drinking probably too much whiskey <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> it wasn't. And, and, yeah, exactly. And, and this would go on to maybe two in the morning where we just say, oh, man, I've got to sleep now. Yeah. And then we'd get back to it the next day. And there was nothing coming out of it at that point. And then suddenly the spark went that, you know, I said, what are you going to do next now you've left Bugatti? And he said, Del, what are, what are you going to get me into? And I went, Brilliant. well, and it kind of went from there. Yeah. And without boring you with the details, it went over a series of conversations where... I ended up pitching Arconic that I would like to bring Etienne in mm-hmm. to, to commission five beach cruisers. And those guys are so progressive mm. that, that we had contracts signed within 72 hours oh, wow. between me, Arconic and Etienne to, to do it. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's how that that's started. Fantastic. And we launched our very first beach cruiser at Sleeping With Art last year. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another reason why I'm here. It's... You know, how could we not be after yeah. that? So, and it's. Am I right in saying it's just defenders that you're focusing on at the moment, or is there more to come? With Arconic, yes. Um, there's more to come. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you let us know a little. Uh, Range Rover Classic. Oh. Oh wow. Oh, now you're speaking my language. Yeah. So, yeah. so the the success of Arconic over a very short period of time of ten years mm. is such that that we've sold 400, maybe 450 into the States. So it's mostly left-hand drive going into the States. Some of those owners are so happy with their build that they've ordered a second one. So maybe there's a his and hers or or, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so there's two in the family, Uh, maybe a 110 and a D90. Um, And so we had to just look at what else could be um, on top of that. The success of... Arconic is such that there's a two and a half year waiting list. Wow! If you if you said to me today, Dell, I want to order a one ten in my spec, we could take your deposit, but you wouldn't see it for two and a half years, mm. and and we're still getting those orders. Wow! Um, and it's fully spec'd to your own. You know, we we chassis build from chassis up to a completed to your specifications. Mm. So it's very it's a unique product, yeah. and the, the American market absolutely loves uh, Land Rover. So we yeah, have a do, we yeah. have a a huge, huge market um, where we've only scratched, you know, the tip of the iceberg with mm-hmm. 400, 500 sales. So what comes next is is there's now demand for uh, Range Rover Classic. And because we have a good background in, in building Defenders, mm-hmm. um, I guess it was natural progression. So yeah. we're, we're dipping our toe in the water, um, but already have two commissions. Fantastic. So it's a natural that's amazing. progression. Yeah. And that's off the back of the fact that people know what we can do with 110s and yeah. D90s. So yeah. they think, well, 
these are the guys if they're going to do a, yeah. a Range Rover Classic these may be the guys so yeah it's it's, it's busy so maybe sleeping with Art 3 oh I we thought you did that see. well yeah. that's an interesting one that, that, that actually oh, timing John, good work <laughs> yeah very good yeah, yeah. <laughs> timing wise that could really work yeah. out yeah yeah I am a, such a massive fan of the two door Range Rover Classic that is one of my Slightly really? more obscure dream cars. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I'm with you on that, and I, I seriously think you guys should should come down to Arconic oh, and to. have a sneaky yeah. peek oh, in yes. one of our warehouses where that is going on right now, oh, so yes. that you can see how they're being put together and the fabrication of, of the two commissions. Yeah, um, we'll give you a good tour around. That'd we've, be fantastic. We've got an amazing pub in our village oh well well I can I think we can do that you have me at pub yeah Yeah. 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 (laughs) forget the Ranger of the Classic (laughs) we're down the pub yeah I'll see you there (laughs) but it's it's a nice place to come down to and and there's 60 guys you know sort of artisans working down at Arconic in Somerset and then we have 20 20 or 30 out in the States in in South Carolina it's really growing so yeah really growing yeah Yeah. fantastic right well we'll hold you to that Dale well you're more than welcome that'd be fantastic I'll book us lunch yeah it's already done Rachel claimed the table. Yeah. yeah. Really Fantastic. Well, we'll let you get back to this lovely event. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it is such a unique one, as, as it you is. alluded to, and so much to mm. still for us all to enjoy and to explore. And yeah, hopefully, yeah, that will be uh, a, a great addition to the third event next year. Yeah. Well, I think we make a date for that. I think, yeah. I think I could put the Arconic guys on the spot now and say, look, I've just said that we need to have yeah. uh, the, the Range Rover Classic here next year or, or wherever. Fantastic. Next year. Um, and can I stay on the sofa, please? Yeah, by all means, it's done yours. Done and done. It's yeah. yours. And for anyone listening that wants to perhaps see one of these beautiful cars, what's the easiest way for them to see it? Website or an Instagram? Handle? I mean, website's brilliant because it's such a it's such an interactive website that Arconic have, and it's Arconic, which is a a r k o n i c uh, dot com. So Arconic dot com, and check out the videos. Mm. The videos are are super cool. We we make some really cool TV quality videos Fantastic. all over the world great yeah, stuff that's brilliant great stuff yeah, thank you thank you guys thank you well we'll let you get back to the event no doubt we'll and the cocktail keep <laughs> rubbing shoulders in and around the site yep. and um, yeah perhaps we'll sit down for another chat in the not too distant future that's we look forward in to that. sunny Somerset yeah yeah look forward to that for Super. sure thank you so much thank, thank you. you thank you the Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital right the next guest that we have Pulled into our little studio space here in a, in a quiet corner of Hedza House is Indra Flack, editorial portrait photographer, which is a fantastic title, <laughs> Indra, I like to think. Now, we noticed your work walking into Hedza House. You've got some beautiful photographs up on canvas mm. um, with some iconic, I guess is the best word to use, racing drivers that I think even those of us that aren't massive motorsport fans would stop and recognise and reflect on and yeah welcome to sleeping with art it's wonderful to see you here hello and thank you (laughs) so i guess i mean editorial um uh, portrait photographer let's let's start with that as a term it's such a um it's such an intimate side of photography isn't it when it comes to capturing people we're so used to in our world of automotive talking to photographers it's quite a common thing but often the subject of the uh, the capture is the car or it's an event or it's a race but you're going for that personal approach which is the people behind the wheel how did all that come about for you um well it was 
a little bit by accident, really. Um, Goodwood is the only sort of motorsport place that I, I photograph. And that's through a connection of my partner who used to be Charles Richmond's assistant when uh -huh. he was a photographer. And uh, he said to us at the very beginning of Festival of Speed, oh, just come down and take some pictures for me. It's like, right, okay. As simple so, as that. Yeah, just simple as that. Yeah. Had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> um, I still don't, but there we go. Paul's <laughs> got quite good at it now. Um, so that was our introduction to motorsport, which was way back last century. Doesn't oh, no, that sound, make me sound yeah. old? <laughs> um, so, and then I, I did that for a few years and then I stopped going because I was busy doing other things. And then I, um, I wanted to do a project because I was getting a little bit bored with my, <laughs> my editorial portraits a little bit. And um, I'd had a cycling accident and I was feeling very sorry for myself and I was going to Paul, oh, what can I do? I need to do something exciting. And he said, well, you're going to Goodwood, back to Goodwood this, this year um, and you're going to be surrounded by the world's greatest racing drivers. Why don't you do something with them? So I thought, that is a very, very good idea. And I'd done a commission for Country Life magazine, which was the Great British Hobby, which was really great fun. We photographed these amazingly eccentric people doing all sorts of things and collecting weird and wonderful things. And I thought, oh, that would be great. Why don't I do Great British Racing Drivers? Because I'll have no budget, so I can't fly off around the world. I'll need to photograph everybody in Great Britain. And of course, because I'm not in the motorsport world, I had no idea that most of the time they weren't in Great Britain. <laughs> they were. <laughs> Goodness knows where else around yeah. the world. So, <laughs> so a lot of the time that meant if I wanted to photograph them, I had to wait for them to arrive yeah. back in Britain so mm. that I could, I could catch them. So that's how uh, the project all started. So kind of in, inspired by... Goodwood, suggested by my partner Paul, and that's how I I got into it. But I had, apart from the obvious F1 drivers, mm -hmm. I didn't really know who anybody was. Sure, yeah. I knew who Sterling Moss was. Yeah. I knew who Jackie Stewart was. I sort of knew who John Surtees was because Paul had shown me pictures yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and things like that. And I knew who Derek Bell was. Um, but apart from that, I didn't really know who who I needed to photograph. And I thought, about 50 drivers, that'll mm. cover it. And I'll have an exhibition somewhere. Mm. It was all very vague. Um, and that's, that's how I kind of started off. So it was a lot of research and Googling and <laughs> asking people who did know, yeah. who yeah. should I be photographing and things like that. I like the idea of you capturing somebody iconic and then thinking, oh, they looked interesting, getting home going, do you know who this is? Think, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's actually uh, F1 yes. world champion. <laughs> I have a, a good story about that one. I'll <laughs> tell you in a minute. Yeah. But I just thought, because I hadn't been to Goodwood for a few years... Mm. The drivers wouldn't have seen me around, so they wouldn't know sure. who I was or, you know, whatever. And I didn't want them to think I was some random stalker. So I thought I'd better photograph a couple of drivers pre-Goodwood mm. so that I've got something to show people. Mm -hmm. um, Paul was going to the press launch, the Goodwood press launch, 
and he knew that um, Sterling and Surtees would be there. Okay. So he said, oh, I'll ask, I'll ask them for it. So I thought, I might as well start at the top. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, so he asked them, and they both said yes. And um, he said, yes, get her to write us a letter to tell us a bit about it. Mm-hmm. So I had to sort of make up my project. Yeah, <laughs> fluff it up a bit. Yes, yeah, fluff yeah. it up a bit. So, Oh, have, a, have an exhibition at perhaps still Silverstone or Rose Hatch or somewhere like this, a completely random, you know, letter. And they both said, yes, that's fine, come round to our houses and, and photograph them. So my very first driver was Sterling Moss, wow. followed by John Surtees, wow. and then followed by Jackie Stewart. So, oh. you know, so... I just wanted to ask, like, out of the drivers that you have... Uh, photographed who has been the most charming and like who kind of stood out for you well I know this sounds really cheesy but they've all been fantastic because as I say especially the people who I photographed in the very beginning because the project was very sort of not formed Mm. as such and nobody said no and everybody either said yes or they they kind of took my card, looked at it and went, hmm, and kind of put it in their pocket. But they didn't say no. Yeah. And um, so I don't, I, I, I don't really have somebody who's a real standout because they were all absolutely fantastic. I mean, we had a brilliant time with them. Sterling Moss, we just laughed the whole time because his stories are amazing. Oh, good. And he was he was saying he told us his story. <laughs> he said, "Oh yes, I was in um, a Mercedes. It wasn't seven two two, but it was a Mercedes doing the um, Mila Mila sort of route mm. um, with his wife Susie." And he said, I'd got into a nice rhythm around the mountain roads. And he said, and all of a sudden, the steering went light and the steering wheel came off in my hand. <laughs> and we were just like, what? And he said, well, we sort of veered into the snowbank. And, oh, wow. And, and you, know, <laughs> so, um, you know, rather than over the precipice. And, and he said, I just reattached the wheel and we went on our way. And it was said in such a matter of a fact, yeah. you know, way. And you just think... Pardon? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And his his wife said to us afterwards, he said, that was absolutely fantastic. She said, I could hear, all I could hear was laughing mm. for the whole time you were there because we just had oh. such a brilliant time with Amazing. him. And then John Surtees, we did the picture and then we sat in his kitchen he made us a cup of tea brilliant. and we sat there for an hour and just chatted about stuff. Mm. It wasn't necessarily motorsport. It was just stuff in general. Yeah. And it was just, we sat in the car afterwards and we went, has that just happened? <laughs> Have we just sat in John Surtees kitchen for an hour yeah. <laughs> with a cup of tea that he made us <laughs> and chatted to him? You know. So it's, it's all a bit, a bit like that. I mean, they've all been charming. Jackie Stewart yeah. was mm. was delightful. I mean, they've all of them, and they they really threw themselves into it as well because the pictures weren't necessarily run of the mill stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a it's an intimate thing, isn't it? Taking portrait photography and you're spending a lot of time very close to people, getting 
getting to know them do you tend to find that do you like to try and get the the bulk of the conversation out before you get started or does it happen whilst taking the mm. photos or, or, or is it different depending on <clears> who it's you're... different it's different depending on the person mm. um so and it also depends what you're doing yeah. because sometimes sometimes you're you're doing a much kind of more rigid picture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you've got to put your camera on a tripod and you've got to concentrate a bit more on what you're doing <laughs> um so the conversation is tends to be less than when you're you're doing the photo because it's it's a more staged picture yeah And that's if you've got an idea. Abby Eaton's picture was a bit Mm. more staged because when we met her, she introduced, she said, oh, hi, I'm Abby. I've got oil in my veins. Ping, picture in my brain. Yeah. Abby Abby sitting in a chair with an oil drip into Ah, her veins, you know, as opposed to a whatever a medical drip thing would be. (laughs) Um, And, of course, we had to... we had to set that up. So it was a very staged mm. picture. Yeah. Paul and I spent an afternoon in Blue Peter Corner making an oil <laughs> drip out of a Duckham's oil can and oh, wow. piping yeah. and stuff like that. And so that was on a tripod and um, we had to, you know, it was a much mm. more rigid thing. So we chatted to Abby pre mm-hmm. and post but while we were doing, we had yeah. to sort of concentrate on, on what we were doing. And then other ones where you've got much freer portraits, you're just laughing the whole yeah. time, you know. I mean, Dan Rook, we photographed him on in his favourite place, which was the beach in um, Cornwall. And uh, we did him at sunset. It was a boiling, boiling hot day. Mm. It was absolutely beautiful. And we did him at sunset. And because that was very, oh, let's try this. Oh, let's try this. So that was a very sort of, we chatted the whole time mm. when we were doing that one. So oh, it just just depends how, you know, what what you're doing. And also it depends on the character of the driver. Of course. Some drivers yeah. are a little bit more reserved and you yeah. don't get that in interaction yeah. as well. But, you know, you so and and you've got to gauge whether people want to chat to you or of not. Of course. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you if yeah. you get people that don't Feel want really to talk, they just want to have the photo taken and that's yeah, that. No, so. no, we haven't. I haven't really had that. We Most people are fairly chatty. Mm-hmm. And then some people are more chatty afterwards as well, you know, because then they've relaxed because they've they've sort of had their picture taken. Yeah. And if they're a little bit nervous about having their picture taken, of course, then you you chat to them a bit more pre because you just want to relax them. Yes, and, yeah, to warm them up. Yeah. Do you yeah. like that more creative side of it, like with Abby? And do you like kind of not doing, not saying, because none of them are even a generic kind of face onto the camera, but do you love it when you can have a little bit more freedom? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the whole point of the project because commissioned work, mm. I didn't have absolute briefs, but you've got a brief and you're shooting to a formula that works for the magazine. Yes. So yeah. woman and home all had to be light and bright, happy, smiley, you know, mm. stuff like that. Um, and I just, and it was lovely to do because you meet some really interesting people. Yeah. But after a while, you just think, do you know what? I'd really like to just mm. be able to turn up and do whatever's possible. Mm. Yeah. Which, of course, a lot of those pictures, you have to do it like that. 
because you you don't know what you're going to go into. Mm. If they've said to us, come and meet us at the track, you don't really know what you're going to be able to no, do until right. you get there. Yeah. So those pictures sort of tend to be a little more simple, yeah. whereas with Abby's picture or with the Martin Brundle, Johnny Herbert, David Coulthard mm. was a planned picture okay yeah um you know so it just depends what the situation is as to what you can actually do at the end of the day really yeah yeah so but it's lovely to be able to just think well i can do what i want so it doesn't matter what's so there freeing, isn't it? you know yeah. yeah yeah and do you find um i mean i'm just been very kind of ha- handed an ipad with uh, a lot of your work on there and have landed on a couple of this fantastic picture of paddy hopkirk <laughs> who just encapsulates that <laughs> that personality that big beaming smile and just such a wonderful character that he was and do you tend to find looking at people like Paddy and thinking of the likes of Sterling Moss is there a generational difference do you think because automatically I think you know I've been very lucky that I've I've met Sterling or I've met Mm. Sterling a few times and I used to work a lot with Derek Bell and I just found that I could sit in silence and listen yes I could just absorb these Mm. stories and I think that is that more of a generational thing mm. compare, in comparison to, say, photographing people like Abby, mm. who is a fantastic lady and we've, we've done some work with yeah. Abby as well. Mm. But do you find there's, if you know you're going to speak to somebody who perhaps has been racing for 50 or 60 years in comparison to somebody that's been doing it for five or six years, mm. is there a difference that you can expect in those stories and personalities? Well, there, there is a difference. But of course, because I, I, didn't, ex- I didn't know what to expect... Mm. But you having said that, that's exactly what I got. Yeah. The, the older guys, you could just sit there and say, yeah. go, and they'd just yeah. talk, and it would be fascinating. Yeah. And the, but the younger people are just as fascinating, but in a totally different way. Of course, yeah. And the conversation is totally different. Yeah. But um, just going back to your thing about taking a photograph and then going to somebody and saying, who, yes. who is it? I'd been trying to photograph Vic Elford and he lives in America uh-huh. and he was supposedly going to be coming over for a Porsche thing, mm-hmm. but then it didn't happen. And I said to him, just stay in touch mm. and if you are coming over, just let me know and sure. we'll see whether we can mix it up. And... Um, I didn't hear from him or anything. And we, I was at members meeting, Goodwood members meeting. And there was a big crowd of people around this person and a car. <laughs> and they were taking pictures. And I thought, oh, it must be somebody quite famous. I better take a snap. Yeah. So I took a snap. And I went back to the press centre. And I just said, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> and they said, it's Vic Elford. Oh. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I ran off to Porsche. Oh. I ran off to Porsche. And... Vic was sitting just inside the doors yeah. and we'd never met. We'd only emailed each sure. other. And I, I went in, into the, the door and, of course, I knew then that it was Vic Elford because of, of my picture. Mm. So I walked in the door and he looked at me and he just went, Indra! <laughs> Which was so lovely. Oh, lovely. I mean, so sweet. it's pretty obvious <laughs> that I'm Indra <laughs> because I was probably about the only Asian person on the site at the sure. person. But but it was just so lovely to get that. And it, he was brilliant. Oh. And Porsche were fantastic. They said, he's only here today. There's a 20-minute gap this time of the day. You can have him then. Mm. Great, yeah. So 
rushed off, thought, what am I going to do with him? Mm. So went on a little recce and all we could do, literally, was down the side of the Porsche transporter, there was some little steps and we just sat him there because the light was right and you got the bounce off the track Mm. next door. Um, It's in alphabetical order, so you'll be able to Ah. find it there. I think I glanced through it. Yeah, there, 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 that one. Yes, yes. And um, we just sat him there, basically, and and did that, which was fantastic. And then we went back to Porsche and just, again, chatted. I could have stayed all day with him and chatted. And it was fascinating, the, the things that he was saying and and what was really lovely was we kind of stayed in touch Mm. not every week but Mm. every now and again on email so when um chris ingram won the european rally Mm. title which was Mm. 52 years after vic i emailed vic and said oh gosh isn't that fantastic i've got both of you you know now isn't that lovely and he said oh no he said i couldn't be happier that he's actually got it. Mm. And he actually emailed um, Chris and said, you know, to him how lovely that was. But it was so nice for me to know that Mm. um, because it's sort of part of the project, the connection between them and everything. So, Would you say it's changed your... Since getting involved with racing drivers, has it changed that vision on motorsports? Because I know you said at the beginning you wouldn't have classed yourself as a motorsport person, but... Getting to know these personalities and the people behind the wheel, has mm. it kind of, mm. has it sparked an interest or a passion in motorsport? Um, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's a passion in motorsport, but it, definitely the people. Yeah. Because yeah. the people are amazing. Mm. And especially the young kids mm. as well. Mm. And you meet, you meet young kids and they're, you know, teenagers or not even teenagers, but the way they can talk to you mm. is amazing. Um, they're very, you know, self-confident. Mm. Not all of them. Sure, sure. But if you get them talking about motorsport, of course, they can talk for England. They're, yeah. they're brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I met a, um, a driver, Joseph Loke, who I'm due to photograph uh, next, next month. 16, I think he is. But you, you'd never know. If you didn't yeah. see him and yeah. you just listened to him speak... Mm really amazing person and um i met him at motorsport uk because i had a mini exhibition at motorsport uk Mm -hmm. and i met him there and and um i was just speaking to and i was thinking i've got to have you in my project because you're just amazing because again he's not from a motorsport background he's an up and coming sure and that was the sort of more i got into the project the more i thought I don't need to just photograph the iconic, mm. famous drivers. And I didn't want to do just champions. I wanted to be able to bring lots of other people in. Yeah. So it's inspirational, mm. you know, all sorts of things. And which has been lovely because it meant, you know, I could have Billy Munger in, I mm. could have Nicholas Hamilton, I could have Natalie McGloin, who were all amazing yeah. Um, drivers you know who've overcome anything is possible as they all say Mm. and it's all it's that side of it which I found really fascinating Mm. because the more I investigated 
drivers. The more drivers I found, I thought, oh, gosh, their story's really interesting. Yeah, their story's course, really interesting. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they've achieved. It's the story yeah. mm. and the achievement of just being able to race some of them, yeah, of you know. And as a non-motorsport person, that's what I found actually more, even more fascinating yeah. sort of thing. And I just thought, how come nobody knows who these people are? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that was a lot to do with how the project um, progressed mm. with me thinking I need to tell these I need yeah. to tell people about these amazing people because they are you yeah. know astonishing some of the That's things brilliant. that they've they've done and the things that they've had to overcome you know so so we've got an exhibition to look forward to <laughs> yes fingers crossed <laughs> yes uh, we have um, an exhibition and uh, the book launch Fantastic. volume one uh at uh, Festival of Speed, Goodwood Festival wow. of Speed, next year, 2023, which is lovely because Goodwood was the inspiration for the project in the first place. Yeah. And the Duke has been amazing right from the beginning of the project. He's been really, really helpful. And, of course, because he is such a brilliant photographer, um, I asked him if he would write the foreword Oh, wow. For when the because the the project was the very first visiting exhibition at the Silverstone Interactive Museum when that opened in 2019, and um, the Duke very kindly wrote the foreword wow. for the for the exhibition, which was lovely because he's got a passion for photography yeah. and motorsport, and of course this really is a photography project, and it just happens to be about yes. racing drivers mm. as opposed to being a motorsport project, but he. I asked him if he would do it and he said, yes, that's fine. He said, just answer these questions for me. So I answered the questions <laughs> for him and he sent me the, he sent me the, um, the introduction, not the introduction. Forward. Forward. Yeah. Um, sorry, that's my concussion word that's loss. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, he sent me the, the foreword and I just read it and cried <laughs> oh. because it was so... Uh, I didn't expect him to write what he wrote, and it yeah. was so lovely. And I just had the oh, Paul, look at this, look what he's written. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, and also, I'd asked some of the drivers for some quotes as well. Mm. And uh, Mark Blundell sent me the most gorgeous quote, and that made me cry too. So I just I spent quite a lot of time just crying, uh, reading what people, <laughs> what people had written, going, oh, can't believe this is oh, really lovely fantastic. so um so yes after my very random first letters to sterling moss yeah. and john surty saying oh i'm doing this project it might be a exhibition at silverstone it was which was really lovely fantastic. and hopefully now it's going to be an exhibition at goodwood too fantastic. So, which will be fantastic well so i mean goodwood have just announced their date so if you haven't yet got a ticket make sure you've got one and make sure you go and see Indra's stand do you say it's on the cricket pitch Yes, it's on the. It'll be on the cricket. Fantastic cricket pitch. How exciting! Um, sponsorship, <laughs> sponsorship, <laughs> yes. depending. Yes, well, there we go. We have got a lot of powerful listeners. So yes. yeah, you know, if, yes. if there's anyone thinking I want to get involved in this, and and yeah, it's worth it's worth getting in touch. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Go for, so, right. if people want to find out more about you, and I guess crucially, see some of these photos that we're talking about, you know, we're very lucky. Rachel mm -hmm. and I are sat here flicking through this brilliant iPad with these fantastic pictures. If people want to see them for themselves, perhaps get in touch and learn more about you. Where can they mm -hmm. go? 
Um, well, the website is gbrd.photos. Perfect. Very simple. Perfect. Um, and all the information is on there. And, and if you really want to, you can register your order for a book. There you go. <laughs> there you done. And I think, yeah, I think you should. Yes, no, I, yeah, I think so too. Definitely, you should. Yeah. Indeed. Well, Indra, it's been so lovely talking to you. That's and brilliant. Thank you very much. Great to talk to you as you know, an exhibitor here at this wonderful event. Yeah. And mm. we very much look forward to, we can absolutely guarantee that we will be there at the Festival of Speed. Oh, so we brilliant. Will, yeah. We will come over and see this Absolute, lovely yeah, book. Yeah, that will be fantastic. Yeah. And have another chat there as well. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. Well, there we go. That is Sleeping With Art, episode one of two. How was that for you, Rach? I love that. I love it. Do you know what? I think we've been very, very privileged with the fact that everyone we've chatted to, they all have fantastic stories. Mm. They all have a love for being creative and they have that background. It's brilliant. I, I... yeah, I, we, I think we could have chatted to all of them for a lot longer. I know. Yeah. Well, yeah. we've out of the voices that we've spoken to in this episode. Um, I mean, Indra, who you heard last there. Even once we stopped recording, there were so oh, many so more stories many. that came out, and we're like, yeah. right, we need to. We just need to get yes. you booked in for a longer chat. So we'll yeah. definitely be doing that. Uh, likewise with Dave Moore, actually from Caton. You know, we we obviously focused on Caton in our chat, but there is so much more to Dave. <laughs> that I feel like we could unpeel. So, yeah, Yeah. plenty more to come as a result of this episode and the people that we've spoken to. For now, though, it's time to say goodbye. I was about to sing. You were, um... and I'm... Do you know what? I'm (laughs) so glad you didn't. I saw Rach's face, like, you know, when you're just about to drop a baby or something. I was like, oh, no, don't. Please, please. Behind the eyes, I was screaming. (laughs) (laughs) I'll spare that for (laughs) the many thousands of people listening to this. Nobody wants to hear me sing. Uh, But for now, I'll say thanks very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. The next one will be more of the same. Mm. And, um, yeah, look forward to bringing you that one in a little bit. Approximately seven days. Tends to be the pattern, doesn't it? I think about that. I was like, wait, what's seven days? (laughs) It's a week, Rach. It's a week. week. Roughly. Give or take. Um, Have a lovely day, whatever you're doing. Uh, Be good, be kind, be nice, and enjoy your life. (laughs) And go and be creative. Yeah, do go go draw something. If you're listening to this thinking, I could be an exhibitor at Sleeping With Art, I could bring a car or I could draw something or I could sculpt something, then, you know, yeah, the I options are inspired. Open. I don't know what I'd be able to do, though. I used to be able to paint when I was younger very well. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So come to Sleeping With Art 3 and look out for Rachel Downey's little exhibition. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Can't wait to see it. Thank you for listening to the Driven Chat Podcast. Don't forget, you can get in contact with the show podcast at drivenchat.com. If you'd like to send us an email, you can also visit our website, drivenchat.com. You can also find us on social media at Driven Chat. You can also watch us on YouTube at Driven Chat. There's so much for you to enjoy, and it's all free. Isn't that mad? I love it. Yeah, free. We do this for free. Go wild. We're doing this for free. Doing this for free. For fun. For love. It costs you nothing. Nada. Nothing. Mental. Duffins. We must be crazy. <laughs> I think we are. <sighs> I think we are too. It's been a long day. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Have a wonderful time doing whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whatever time it is. And we'll speak to you again in the week. Bye. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Hold up. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.